Hi, this is Steve Wick, president of Drive Through RPG, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica talk about pay rates for writers in the RPG industry. In the news, a free Baldur's Gate Gazetteer is up on D&D Beyond, Matthew Lillard launches a D&D-themed bourbon, details announced for the Assassin's Creed tabletop RPG from Cool Mini or Not, and more, plus a brand new sketch about what makes an appropriate battle cry. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. Oh, you came back again. I'd ask why, but I... I just don't care. Today's podcast is sponsored by Grimlick's Animal Avatars and Familiars for personages of a magical or sorcerous persuasion. Wow, they really picked a name that rolls off the tongue. Grimlick's stocks creatures of all sizes, from magical cockroaches, enchanted boa constrictors, all the way through to medium-sized cats and trick bears. All of these familiars are perfectly suited for enhancing the image of... Honestly, familiars are so last century. I've been using the Scribone 8 Plus for a year now, and I'm very happy with it. What? Oh, go to Grimlick's Animal Avatars and Familiars if you want a ridiculous and glorified pet. All the tabletop roleplay news. We aim to amuse, we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ, as ever, it is a delight to be here. And joining us now, we knew she was a fan of dogs. We didn't know that she was such a fan of the Adita Ridge Trail Race, the annual long-distance-led race run in early March. It's because, I say this because she is now playing, has a little husky. It's the one! It's the only! It's... It's me, Jessica from EM Publishing. I did not know where you were going with that. I, I was really I was lost like, until you said the husky <laughs> reference. I'm so glad you did. I was, I'll stare at you and I had this look on my face. What are they talking about? Uh, yeah, I am full of cold, so apologies for your ears. Um... But it's much better than it was earlier in the week because I had to cancel. It is way the pod- better than it was earlier in the week. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we had a, a bit like this. Yeah. <laughs> well, on on Monday I had to cancel the not D and D podcast because I had no voice and I was like, oh, well. I cannot rightly interview this nice person when I cannot speak. Hmm. Um, you know, unless I went via interpretive dance or something. But I also wasn't feeling very sprightly, so I thought my interpretive dance wouldn't be very good either. Um, but yeah, getting, I got cold in the summer. How unfair is that? That feels really COVID. Not the time. It's it's not COVID. Well, it's not appearing to be oh, yeah. COVID by the measures. But I stayed at home anyway. Yeah, and I, sure. I'm just staying at home and being a gross little goblin with my dog. Fair enough. Oh, so business as usual. Then. <laughs> you know, it really was. Like when the lockdown <laughs> happened, so many people mm. were like, oh, I'm really struggling, change of life. Me and my partner sometimes didn't notice the difference. Yeah. <laughs> we both, we both work fine. from yeah. home. We're like little nerdy introverts. So we stay at home most of the time doing stuff. We left, we left the house once a day to take the dog for a walk, um, you know, as was allowed. But we kind of just, yeah, we're like, this is fine, really. It's kind of nice. Mm. We have no social obligations. No one's uh, requiring us to right. be at things. But anyway, so that's nice. how I'm living, okay. using the excuse to live my life this week. But outside of my life, things are happening in the TTRPG space for us. Allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. What's allegedly going on? I, I, I refute, I refute. That. No, there are things happening. Oh. So, 
not not groundbreaking things, but you know things. Mm. I mean, you know, you get a bit of perspective here. But when you're talking about games here, we're not talking about nothing massively important, but uh, maybe interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you are a fan of Abouders Gate, yes, I. I'm not. I'm too scared to download it because I'm worried I'm going to lose my life to it. Well, I was thinking more about yeah. the location, the fictional location, rather than the video game itself. Oh, I've but not I been. Imagine, uh, I imagine yeah, this yeah. is coincidentally timed. I because... have been to Baldur's Gate, actually. Sorry, Karen. To <laughs> so oh, the yeah. actual Baldur's Gate? Uh, no, like in, in a game. A game. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. I don't know. I Which is say. the same, obviously. Uh, yes, obviously, obviously. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so you can get a free Gazetteer of Baldur's Gate mm-hmm. over on D&D Beyond. Mm-hmm. Presumably released because the game has just, the video games just come out as well, but this mm-hmm. is a, a it's, it's mainly law. Yes. I.e., yeah. not L-A-W. Uh, mainly law, um, with a few bits of mechanics sprinkled in there. So it talks about <laughs> the history of Baldur's Gate and government, citizenry, trade, religion, landmarks, describes various areas and stuff. And then sprinkled in there, it's got a few bits, like a couple of NPC stat blocks, some, some random encounter tables, a, a new background, and things like that. So sprinkled in, but it's, it's a it's a big document though. Yeah, it's not it's not a, a small gazetteer. It's a sizable gazetteer, and it's free if as long as you've got a D and D Beyond account. Yeah, nice. Okay. I, I think that cool. makes sense because I think a lot of people playing the game, they're like, yeah, I'll just I'll run I'll run my game in this world because I think, but a lot of people play the digital game that haven't mm. played D&D before. So mm. actually that would be an easy transition for them because they're like, yeah, I know this world, I know the environment, so playing a role-playing game in it would be comfortable yeah, for me. Yeah. There yeah. is. I did see in this, though, and I don't know if you know any more, know any more about it than I, uh, but it says there's rules for a new background, which is a shared background for a party, and it's called Dark Secrets. Yeah, so it was this Dark Secrets thing. Yeah. 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 What is that? Because so, that intrigued me. So the idea is your entire party, as I understand it, has a secret. Yeah. And basically there's a hook. Okay. Into into the world, and you all share this secret, and um, it could be it could be anything, but um, you know, it kind of binds the party together because you all have this shared secret in common, and it's also a sort of um, plot hook into the world itself. It's not I a bad like idea. That. I like I like that idea actually. I like a a group background or a group. I always like a thing that you know, for, as mm. a party, why are we together? Why? Yeah. What's our reason for staying together? Yeah. Despite all yeah. these terrible things and maybe terrible yeah. people that we are. Well, some games so like do that, that automatically for you. Like if you're playing a Star Trek game or something, it's like, yeah. oh, you're crew on this starship, so that's why you're together, sort of thing. Or, but, or the classic uh, in... Cthulhu, you're all good friends of Jackson Elias. Yes, all okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, that, yeah. That's the adventure hook, but mm-hmm. uh, as Russ was saying, you also have things like Blades and Dark, say, mm-hmm. which has a gang concept where you all agree on roughly what sort of characters yeah. you're going to play, which gives you a nice theme. I died. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing Blades in the bar- Bark. Blades in the Bark? Blades in the oh, Dark. Blades in the Bark version. is an entirely different game. Uh, uh, I was playing Blades in the Dark and write I a Blades in, <laughs> a Blades in the Dark hack with dogs. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's been done. I bet someone's done that. Okay, so cool. So there's Baldur's Gate stuff on D&D Beyond with lore yeah. information and yeah. stuff and things. Are either nice. of you two whiskey drinkers? Can be. Uh, like, at the moment, with my colds. Frequently. Lots. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Actually, bit of whiskey, because, lemon, honey. Yes, top well, it with hot water. It's been Perfect. rum in this house. My partner's from the Caribbean, oh. so over there, rum is is the the thing that fixes oh. anything and everything. I just have some rum. I, like, I don't I've, think it's medicinal. I've always liked him. Yeah. He's, he's a good chap. <laughs> he's, mm. he's a good guy. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. But what's what's about whiskey? Uh, so you can get D and D whiskey now. D so D&D it's not officially D and D branded, whiskey. is it? This is a custom line of bourbon whiskey. 
Bourbon and first whiskey. one is right. called Paladin, and uh, the line is called Quest's End, is the brand. And the first one, the first in the line, is called, and it's like super premium whiskies. And the first one is called Paladin. And these come from Blue Run Spirits. And you get this nice bottle with like a, a like a dragon's head embossed on the, on, on, at the top. And um, it's got like a crest on it. And it's got like a hit point tracker on the side and a dungeon map on the back. It's like very D&D-y. I don't drink whiskey myself, so it's kind of wasted on me. But it's a nice, yes. I, I like the bottle. That is, that. that is the gift somebody like gets bottle. to their office secret Santa that someone's like, they're into d and I don't really Ooh. know what this is. Here, I think it might, cost, a, oh, yeah. think it might a, cost a little bit more than yeah. probably spend on a secret Santa. Oh, really? How much is it? Um, $60? Yeah. Like, like, that's... I mean, what's it, oh, like a regular-sized yeah. whiskey bottle? I suppose yeah, it depends where you work. If you work at bottle? Richie Ooh. McRichardson factory where rich people it's, work, yeah. the maybe their secret Santas are a lot. So you can't actually get it yet. You have to wait. Oh, okay. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's coming soon. Is is this is a super premium whiskey? Um, October the sixth. Oh well, they have to age it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I don't know. What, I don't know what to say. Um, so um, yeah, it's kind it of. Is. I want to know how much. Um, yeah. So this is you know Matthew Lillard. I know um, the name. Rings bell. Scooby Doo and stuff. Um, to see uh, one of the Deedle and Grimm's co-founders. Um, oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, so Matthew Lillard is, I think, the, the the brainchild behind this. So the actual company producing it is Blue Run Spirits, but I think Matthew Lillard is the person sort of like behind behind the scenes here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. On their website, they have a, a tavern soundscape with different noise levels for things that you can click on, mm. um, oh, which is fun. That's kind of fun, yeah. I don't think yeah. it really does. That's nothing functional, but I just... Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, if they made vodka, if they made vodka, right, awesome, but I'm afraid, yeah... Not a, I'm not a whiskey drinker. Well, that's just something in, in geek culture, isn't it? I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. It's, it's okay. You just have to add a lot of water. I have to add a lot of water to it. It, it tastes interesting. I just that. like whiskey. It's, just, it's a good job. Mm. Can't help it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Each their own. Okay. Mm. Do you have any other Dungeons and or Dragons or alcoholic beverage news for us? <laughs> alcoholic beverage news? <laughs> we just change oh. the topic of the, of the I, podcast. I, I mean, <laughs> traditionally, and this may seem like it's a bit of a non sequitur, but actually it is a cunningly designed segue, as oh. we know, the denizens of the Underdark or the Underworld do tend to brew things from mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not obviously a highly recommended procedure because you don't have a lot of sugar in mushrooms, which is, of course, what you need for your it's quality brewing. they're fun guys. Exactly, they're fun guys. And my seals will get up to date on the latest in mushrooms, brewing technology, and, of course, jokes. But uh, there is a website called themerrymushmen.com, and they're quite into their, like, old-school and general role-playing business. And very interestingly, they have a... Uh, a biannual, which means it's supposed to come out twice a year, magazine called Knock, which is on its fourth issue. So I thought that might be of interest to people who quite like reading a bit of a magazine. Hmm. Peter, um, you, it's a... you really delivered that. I asked for a really niche reference as a joke, and you were like, yes, I have this for you. Mushroom brewing <laughs> and role playing game. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Sorry, please carry on. I just wanted to, like, I was joking, but you delivered. You were like, yes, Jessica, I do have that for you. <laughs> so where can we where can we get this again, did you say? Um, if you check the show notes, it is uh, mm. Um It's quite a pretty little website. And, uh, yeah, you can... Uh, get various things like the uh, black sword hack 
and uh, issues of Knock. And um, yeah, it's OSR, but it's got, but they've got quite a, they've got a, quite a chaotic feel to it, which I'm, I, I'm intrigued by. Uh, they are based in France, so you know, can Chatka Publishing obviously. <laughs> there you go. Hmm. Uh, so the whole, the um the uh, the marketing machine has started running for Pandora and Below, mm. the Shattered oh, yeah, Obelisk. It's mm-hmm. just started to gear up. So I guess the uh, the big book of bumper, no, the Big B's bumper book of big boys. Big B's, big B's bumper book of big. Oh, I can't say it now. It's such a simple title to say. <laughs> say big, big B's, B's bumper, bumper book, of big, book of big boys. Yeah, that book. Um, yeah. <laughs> obviously, now that is out. So the, the marketing is over on that, and they're starting to market the next thing, which is um, Pandora and Blow the Shattered Obelisk. And mm-hmm. there have been sort of like art previews appearing around the web. Um, so it's um, it's levels one to twelve. Nice. Um, uh, so the, sh- the shattered obelisk of the title, and there's uh, there's a bunch of netherese. Uh, hmm. Netherese, I assume, is a forgotten realms thing. Yeah, there's like the Nether Empire, which was all magical and stuff, mm. and then they were stupid and they broke it. By you know hubris messing around with magic, and that's something to do with the first sundering. Mm. And for those listeners who are like, when when did Peter know anything about the Forgotten Realms apart mm. from that the Red Wizards looked like? And apart from the fact that Red Wizards wear red, yeah, Red Wizards wear red, and in my head can look exactly like Ming the Merciless from the 1980s Flash Gordon. Fair apart enough. from yeah. that, yeah, and that's because uh, I've been playing Baldur's Gate Three. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah. So has has an oh, educational sorry, call. You know it's been okay, strong. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, I'm just following Gail's tragic backstory. It's like oh, mm. man, that's that. Yeah. yeah. Well, there were several of these Netherese obelisks, and um, the shattered obelisk is one of them, and it's being co-opted by a group of villains. Got what? That doesn't sound like D and D, does yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. They really villains. should try and get on top of all these powerful magic artifacts before the villains get there. Mm. Yeah, seems, seems like a level of organisation beyond them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- this is kind of described as a, a slow burn cosmic horror, this adventure. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture from the preview, but Beth Rimmel did a full article having a look at the mm. in detail, oh, so all the images there. If, you, if you want to have a look on Ian World, we'll link it. But yeah. there's an image of a cow which has tentacles <coughs> growing out of it, and the cow is displeased with this, which I understand. Um, so How if you're you like know? saying... I mean, that expression on the cow's face, I'm not great at reading cow's face expressions, but I'm not 100 sure I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that cow is distressed <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah milk yields are way off is what we're saying <laughs> but yeah so it, it yeah I would say that what you're saying about an esoteric horror yeah that makes sense yeah well it's got the, apparently a sliding scale for the horror so that you can oh, basically yeah. dial this adventure between family friendly okay and cosmic horror depending on who you're playing with oh, which is good. an interesting idea yeah. I don't okay. know how that works in practice. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see that. Descriptively? <laughs> yeah, but does that mean they have to provide different things yes. story beats. for every encounter? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Maybe they just have like an extra details box. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, like this is the core text that you read out. Which and then if you want the horror, at this bit, yeah. Yeah, if you want to go the full of craftian purple prose. Mm. And i got to say, it's one of my guilty secrets. I do mm. love this really purple prose. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they do say a session zero is recommended for this one. What can I say? Edward Buller-Lytton. Good chap. 
Sorry, yes, you were saying. Yeah. Uh, session so zero. The session zero is recommended. And they've also got advice on how to like, uh, like use horror with your group's play style and things like that. So mm-hmm. it looks like they're kind of quite aware that I, I didn't realise this was quite as cosmicy horror-y as it is. I, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Maybe they said it before when I forgot, or maybe I, I don't know. But yeah, main dis- I, I mean, sorry. No, I just think the main description of the artwork. I'm, I'm. That's coming through. That is quoted here. It's also gross and weird, and I think that there's lots very... of tentacles and things, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. and it's lots, lots of mucusy stuff going on. I don't know if that's just really uh, yeah, to me at the moment. Mucus, that's why yeah. I'm, I'm picking I, up I, on that theme from my week of illness. But yeah, I, I, mm. I'm, I'm getting a feeling like this sounds a lot more like body horror rather than your strict cosmic horror, which for me, being a bit of a cosmic horror purist, would imply the fact that we think that everything is all nice and scientific and things work beautifully in this particular candle-lit corner of a mm. demon-haunted universe is just wildly wrong. And there are special observers, and we're lucky, and Outwear is, like, horrible madness and um, yeah. weird elder gods piping madly at the end of time. I mean, That's that might cosmic be for me. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, but I don't know if you need a content warning for that. Whereas, like, mutating and getting tentacles erupting from your body, that sounds more like uh, a body horror. It's not I a mean, good day out, I've got to say, yeah. No, no, I mean, and let's, let's, let's not even begin to talk about things you can do with trypophobia. Mm. Yeah. Right, we should is, move on. There's, uh, there's a gnome archaeologist in it, and his name is Riverbiddle. But guess what the, uh, the, the designers, the writers of the adventure, generally called him in-house. I know because I've read the article, so I'll let Peter guess. River Piddle? I don't know. Indiana Gnome. Oh, Indiana Gnomes, right. They are wearing like a cap, a hat that is quite. Yeah. It is, yeah. Stetson esque. I see it. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so, some of the weird creatures they've got. I mean, there's Oculorb, which is a creature made of rays. Okay. Which is. Um, fun, I guess. So, so what I'm hearing is easily defeated with a handful of pocket sand. Pocket sand? No, I. Or, yeah. or if it has seasonal allergies, maybe. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, something called a flesh like a mound. I don't know what that is, but uh, I don't want to know. You don't want guys. to know. No, thank, no, you. thank no. you. Not today, no, Satan. No. <laughs> <laughs> and the encephalon, which is a brain-spewing baby monster, whatever that means. Is it a baby that spews brains? I don't or understand. is it a brain that spews bebés? Oh. Brain spewing baby monster. I don't know. It's a brain that's spewing baby, baby monsters monster? by the looks of it. Because I'm looking at the artwork uh, now. It almost looks uh, like... It does look a bit like a blurred brain, but also like a bunch of frog spawn globbed together in a, in mm. a cylinder. And then mm. things are oozing out of it and it's all Yeah, all the artwork and... is tentacles and eyeballs and mucus, isn't it? Basically. Yeah. And if you like that, Boy, is this the book for Who you? Who doesn't like tentacles, eyeballs, and mucus? Three of my favourite things. <laughs> oh Not my. exactly brown paper <laughs> parcels wrapped in a string. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, oh, so that's the... ways there. Oh, right. Yeah, I didn't so... think the book was going to be this as well. I don't no, know. No, if... I didn't either. I didn't I'm know surprised. If... Have we missed all the marketing, or are we just? I don't know. Well, no, because they're, they're only just giving it up. Because you know they like to yeah. market one thing at a time, don't they? Makes sense. That's yes. And it's coming out September the nineteenth. Mm-hmm. So we're also at about three weeks pre-order it on September the 5th, which is not next week, the week after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So you'll get to digital access then, won't you? Yeah. So that's, 
Oh, so you really actually get hold of it in like a week or two. Yeah, so we'll see yeah. then. I'm I'm mm. a bit intrigued. Um, I'm more intrigued now than I was because I didn't yeah. realise there was cosmic horror-y stuff going because on. Because we like mm-hmm. tentacles, eyeballs. And, uh, and mucus. And mucus. <laughs> <laughs> we are the target <laughs> audience. Well, you're the one with the cold, Jess. <laughs> yeah, and that does come along with tentacles, eyeballs and mucus, as we know. <laughs> At least one of those things, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway... Um, also, also in this book, there's uh, twenty. There's twenty new creatures. Um, there's okay. new consumable metamagic items. There's Durgar magic, and there's a double-sided poster map. Cool. Nice. Yeah. I don't so know if I get the physical book, but I might be. Ten- this is. I, this, I might be tempted to get the PDF for it. You know. Um. Right. What's next? I think that's the D and D stuff. I think that is done. most of. There's also with also there is um, there's the practically complete guide to dragons, which oh, isn't yeah. like a D and D role playing game book, uh, but yeah, Beth, it's a law book, isn't it? Beth yeah. Ramosoni and Weld again has uh, written up a summary of that, and they've said it's not a replacement for Fizban's Treasury of Dragons. It's, um, it's, not, it's got no rules in it for a start. There's no, it's not. I mean, there's no D and D rules in it. It's, a, it's completely a law book. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, so there's, there's no stat cool. blocks or anything either. There's nothing like that. Yeah. So, but yeah. So apparently it's a fun read if you're into dragons and like the lore and the artwork and stuff. That's interesting. But you know, it's not really it's, something. It's not really something yeah. for your RPG campaigns. You know what I mean? No. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think is it kind of aimed at kids or what's the tone of it? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I won't <laughs> lie to you. <laughs> Uh, I I don't think I think it is just like a a coffee table style book and again I imagine it's one of those things that people buy for people that's like oh I know you're into D&D I got you this I have a book about dragons yeah yeah which like would any of us be majorly upset if someone did that that didn't know RPGs no probably not you know I'll say please I guess not I guess not the artwork looks very nice it looks very cool I think it's if you're really into your world building and you know Mm. your lore and things like that this could Mm. be interesting to use in your games but other than that I think it's just yeah. Yeah. Why have you two played uh, Assassin's Creed? Yes. Creed of the Assassin. I have. I have not. I am familiar with the game because a, I've been on the internet. A good well, while first of all, ago, it's though. Not, it's not called Assassin's Creed. It is about an assassin whose name is Assassin C. Reed, just to, just to clarify. And uh, Assassin C. Reed has a role-playing game coming out. Mm. You don't like my joke, do you? You're both staring at me with... <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that was my fault because I didn't realise it was a joke and that's on me. Just It's just because my experience jokes have been funny so I just didn't recognise it as such. So that's Oof. on me and I apologise. Wow. 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 Ooh, we need to take a short break while Russ runs wow. his entire body into the cold tap. That was just mean, Jessica. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not. No. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm kind of sick and grouchy. It's, it's being everyone else's problem as well. This week. I was apologising well, though, anyway, very nicely. Anyway, um, Assassin's Creed Reads role-playing game is coming from Cool Mini or Not, the official tabletop role-playing game. And oh, uh, nice. on the on the on the official website, which is now launched, you can get a preview of it, a quick start, a quick look at the rule system. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm told that the video game is really, really good. Everyone who's played it says it's really good. Uh, I, yes, but the story just goes off the rails after the first mm. couple. It starts really interestingly, and then it just goes a bit wild, and you're like, "Oh, this is disappointing." So I'm looking at I'm looking at the previews now. There's only one problem: funky dice. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Funky like, dice. 
You can't oh, use that's your that's own. That's what stopped me class. playing the FFG Star Wars and um, system. Yeah, Warhammer yeah. games. The funky dice. So it's, yeah. it uses the match system. So two mm-hmm. sets of custom uh, dice, six-sided dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you get available with a set, or you can buy. Um, there's a free dice roller app. You yeah. don't have to purchase the dice. Mm. Yeah, and there's loads of different. There's uh, four attribute symbols uh, on the dice that makes it the custom ones. Action, strength, wits, and social. Yeah, this already. Okay. It's not grabbing me. Like I do like a unique system. Yeah, and also character creations yeah. handled with a card deck. This looks interesting, well. though, because yeah. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. So you have like a card and you like overlay the cards on to different sections of it. So it's kind of like mm. a plug-in. Yeah. Which in yeah. a way so feels nice. You put, you put nice. the cards on bits of, on your character sheet to put in, in the spaces, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's That's interesting. Inter- that, yeah. Not- I don't know. I mean, yeah, cool. I'm okay. intrigued as to how you do the role-playing game for Assassin's Creed because so much of it is like the... Yeah. In the game was like so, running around just parkouring your way so around the city. It says, and I don't know how this links into the video game or whether that's part yeah. of the video game, but it says you, the game places players in the centre of a secret war between the Assassin Brotherhood and the Templar Order. Yeah. And you take on roles of characters from modern day uh-huh. using use of animus technology to access memories of past lives encoded in your DNA to play multiple other characters in different points of history. Yeah, that's that's what the digital game is about as well. Okay. Fair enough. Well, that's what you're doing this too. Yeah. Allegedly. I'm I'm intrigued. I do I do like Assassin's Creed. I like playing I like playing the game. I haven't played I played a lot of the early ones and then I went off the rails with the story a bit, so I'm intrigued. Anyway, what other new games are happening? New games. Well, we have got some stuff about some art Halsorian games. So we've um, we got some stuff about Cyberpunk Red. There's a new six mission oh. campaign. Um and there's also some news about the Witcher. RPG. Yes, tell me about the Witcher RPG, Russ. What is the Uh, latest news? Okay, so the latest news of the Witcher RPG is that it is going on hiatus. What? Why? How how long? Um, So CD Projekt Red, who make the video game, Uh our Talsorian makes the tabletop RPG, Uh Uh, CD Projekt Red is beginning development on the fourth video game. And they want the tabletop products to stay in line with the law from the game. Okay. So they've had to put several products on hold while that happens. Okay. Basically. I guess that makes sense, yeah. I mean... So they didn't want to do a Game of Thrones and have, like, you know, the, the role-playing game be its own thing in the way that the TV show is yeah. its own thing. Yeah. Well, the th- I remember, um, like, this is going back. So the official Star Trek RPG and mm. also the official Star Wars RPGs both ended up making up lore themselves. Yeah. Rather than wait for new stuff to come out from Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah. And then ended up diverging from the actual official lore. Although I believe the Star Wars actually borrowed a lot of lore from the Western End Games game, didn't it? It actually took it on board. Yeah, I mean, canon. How important is it, really? When you're, like... Like, for if you're writing for a big audience, sure. But mm. if you're running a game, then does it not just get in the way? Yeah, well, I think, yeah. I mean, um, going to talk about the Star Trek one, it's, um, I actually quite like the universe they ended up creating, which diverged quite a bit. Mm. And then there was Starfleet Battles, which was another licensed Star Trek game, which went off in a completely different direction and mm. is now pretty much its own Star Trek universe in a bubble on its own with yeah. its own lore, which say, is diff- nice. differs completely to, to the, the official Star Trek Because it's Star Trek, you can go wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, parallel universe, yeah. Yeah, yeah you just do whatever you want, yeah. can't you? Yeah. yeah. And everyone goes, yeah. okay. Yeah. So far, so Trek. Yeah. 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 
So yeah, so if you're waiting for the Witcher RPG stuff, you gotta wait a bit longer because they're making a video game and they want it to match. Obviously, I don't know how long it takes to make a video game, but that takes like a it takes a long it time. Is. Yeah, it's, it's a. This one video game, Michael. How long does it take to make? Ten months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a, a long time. I've a never made time. a video game. Yep. I worked in digital games very briefly for the year I ran away from me in publishing, but came back. Mm. You know, couldn't stay away. And yeah, it takes a very long time. And I wasn't working for like a triple A studio type thing either. It was like quite. Mm. I don't want to say basic because that sounds wrong, but like, yeah, it was it was not that level of like detail and you know things. But it takes ages to make, mm. you know, yeah. a digital game. Yeah. A lot of steps involved. Mm. Okay, well, I'll just yeah. wait for the Witcher RPG then, I guess. I guess. Um, yeah. I'm glad it's going to stay close to the the games though, so it's got the correct law and mm. things like that. So mm. I'm pleased yeah. with that. Yeah, sure. You know, adventure is a league. You, League You. I'm familiar with it, but not have engaged with it myself. I know Peter knows all about it. Peter, I'm out of date, but sure. Well, this news item is not about that. However, it is about something similar. (laughs) Why? Why? (laughs) Because Renegade Game Studios. We've clearly done too many helpful segues. (laughs) So Russ is like, this will not stand. Let's have a non sequitur. (laughs) Okay, Okay. sorry. So, uh, Renegade But non sequituring himself is unusual, I must say. Please, Russ, I'm sorry. So, Renegade Game Studios. So, Power Rangers, Transformers, G.I. Joe, My Little Pony, World of Darkness, all that stuff. All that, uh, uh, yeah, a whole bunch of Hasbro licensed stuff and some World of Darkness stuff. Okay. Um, he's launching the Renegade, the Play Renegade program, which is basically public events at conventions, game fields, library schools, stuff like that. So it's adventurous league-ish. Oh, okay. That's why. That's why I mentioned it. It was a okay. The term you're looking for is organised play. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. Yeah. Well, that. Cool. Anyway, anyway, Renegade Games. It's, what, it's, what, it's what it's called. It's what nice play. Like, mm. Pelgrane Press had a whole pile of adventures for 13th Age as well. And that's mm. like going back five, six years. So. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, Paizo does that as well. Mm. And, you know, but. I'm even supposed sure. to be playing it in some on Saturday. So, yeah. Well, now Renegade Games Studios does it too. So you can go to the Play Renegade website yeah. and it will tell you what events are on there. And there's adventures provided. Um, which you can get um, from the Renegade Game Studios website. Um, and the Season 1 Adventures will be starting available starting on August the 28th. I don't know when that is, because I don't even know what today is. What's today? The 25th. Right, so three days. So that'll be Monday. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So if you want to go and be Optimus Prime in public, you can now do that. I mean, you and already could. And play in an organised manner. Oh, that is... Yeah. Different. Yeah. So if you fun, want to be organised to play, be Optimus Prime in public... Yeah, fun is always better. When As opposed to your your carefree kind of like just random Optimus priming in public, which is not the same. It involves more cardboard. <laughs> A lot of cardboard, yes. Yeah. yeah, and transforming, which is painful. I have <laughs> yes. I have a gear shift piece of news as well. Okay, is this okay. A, is this a segue or an anti segue? Just, just a, just a change of lanes completely. Just okay. like, just okay. we're not on a train track anymore. We've gone on a road or something. Um, so it's powered by the Apocalypse system, uh, yes. written by Meg and Vincent Baker. Um, so if mm. you've played loads of games, are built on that, like you know, Thirsty Sword Lesbians, um, mm. you know, Monster of the Week, on absolutely loads of zines as well. So um, I've used that. Um, so Meg Baker, uh, one of the creators of it, unfortunately has been diagnosed with breast cancer and they are oh, doing no. a fundraiser online to help pay for the medical costs because uh, they live in a country where 
you have to do that. Mm. So there is, um, so they've they've raised uh, twenty four thousand dollars so far, or their two thousand five hundred dollar goal. Uh, but if you have ever played a Powered by the Apocalypse game and would like to help them out, uh, there is a meal train donation, so you can help them out there um, to help with their medical costs for dealing with that. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that so what I said, gear change is a complete gear change. But yeah, yeah it is, so. It is, yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you'd like to help the Baker family out um, and enjoy their games, uh, there's where you mm. can do that. Um, we'll put the links in the show notes for that. Okay. All right. What other news do we have? Oh, it's sort of like almost pre-news. Pre-news? Uh, well, it's sort <laughs> of the announcement of a project that's a ba- that, that will take place relatively soon. Okay. Oh, that's news. Uh, okay. There's a historian who does RPG stuff, a chap called Russell Phillips. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. Seems nice. Um He's working on something called uh, SOE Sourcebook, which I'm taking a punt as being Special Operations Executive. Ooh. That's supposed to be system neutral, Second World War style information. Um, it's currently on the, hey, you should totally sign up to my Kickstarter uh, before it launches pre-launch page. But mm-hmm. SOE Sourcebook, Russell Phillips. Sure. It, I, I think it could well be quite good. I'd like to see what happens, mm. certainly. Yeah, that's what I got so far. Um, but he felt he felt the need to tell me about it, so I'm telling you about it. <laughs> Thank you very much. I do like that. Oh, I have something else as well. Uh, speaking oh, yeah. of Power by the Apocalypse, uh, Monster of the Week, the Codex of Worlds uh, by Evil Hat. Uh, so it's the expansion mm-hmm. for Monster of the Week is now out. Um, so yeah, so it's it's available now. Yeah. So hey, if we've got any Kickstarters on at the moment, Chess? We do. <laughs> so, do we really? What? Wow, what, is, what a flawless like segue. Yes, because uh, we're constantly doing stuff and things. We're constantly making stuff. Um, yeah, so Puzzling Encounters uh, is the Kickstarter mm. that we have live currently. And if you are smart, you might hear the title Puzzling Encounters and think, hmm, I know the Kickstarter game, the favourite game in all the world. I'm guessing this has puzzles in it. And you would be correct. <laughs> I'm the Encounters. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, the idea is that all these puzzles are ones you can kind of drop into your campaign and make it work for the game that you're running. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, my favourite one is uh, that you asked Peter on social media, and I have not yet replied mm. to you because I'm terrible at social mm. media. Uh, my favourite one yeah. is Dandolo's Cryptic Box. Mm. So it's a puzzle box, real box, not provided. Uh, and it has all these uh, rings. <laughs> but lovely handouts are provided. Lovely handouts are provided, Ooh. and it's got... Exciting. It uses kind of pictographic language and all these rings to, to do things. And I think there's four different puzzles in them you have to get to open them and handouts um and the idea is that you can have whatever you want inside this box that's relevant to your campaign so if you have Mm. like a clue or a secret that people need to know you can put it in there or if you want to gift like a magic item or some treasure you can put it in there which is Mm. is really good so it's very flexible to put into your campaign in that way and also that my kind well, I say that's my favourite one. That's the one that's very exciting because it's got a lot of handouts and stuff in and it feels very puzzly. Um, mm. But the one I'd like, because I'm a little emo kid, is the Fountain of Truth. Um, because the way you oh. solve that puzzle is by play, uh, party members telling secrets and sharing mm. truths and things. So I just think about all the emotional turmoil you could bring into your party by making that happen and forcing that situation. Mm. So I think that's really useful if you have mm. a party where they... They've got loads of cool backstory secrets, but they're just not coming out because the, the you know the opportunity hasn't been given there. This is a really nice mm. opportunity to hand your players be like, hey, here is a moment if you want to role play this thing and bring out that storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the pu- and the puzzle gives you like I think it's but three three or four different examples of how you could weave it into your campaign in different ways and, and use it. So yeah, so I'm quite excited by it, and it's uh, out until the end of the month ends on the thirty first of August. I, I I will say that if you should find yourself wanting to 
create an opportunity to have that than describing a campfire scene as players take a long rest mm -hmm. and encouraging them to be in character and talking around a fire is an excellent way to help draw such things out. Mm -hmm. Especially if you like players throw won't... out meta currency as well. Players won't no, take the bait sometimes. Twice, twice in this podcast today, we've mentioned mm. like players having secrets or background stuff that could come out. Yeah. In you know, what once, once when we were talking about the dark secrets thing in the Baldur's Gate Gazetteer, mm -hmm. and once just now, and it's just like occurred to me like life path systems are sort of like this is a bit off topic. It just popped into my head, yeah. and I, I know that I know that some life path systems and some games already do this. They all, they sort of like say how. how um, certain characters know each other as part of the system. Yeah. But I'm just trying to think like a group life path system where you're all creating characters in a sort of mini game where sort of your characters' lives interweave in and out of each other's as you do the life path system. So by the time you've got the characters finished, you're sort of like, oh yeah, and um, I did that um, mission back then with them and I grew up with them and all that kind of is, is worked into the life path system as, and everyone's interconnected in some way. And Probably a game already yeah. does that. A new system I coming expect. soon from but, EN Publishing. Yeah. Russ Morrissey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's like not individually, you, you, you couldn't make up your characters individually then. You'd have to sit there as a group and make them up together yeah. and work your way through the life path system as a group. But yeah. there's lots of game systems that do that and I always enjoy yeah. those that feels like a part we're starting the game even though we haven't yeah. started the game mm. we're just doing our character creation but I haven't I, got the bandwidth to write that right now but I, 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 I'm really well, you're not I'm to, you don't have I'm to, quite taken with that you don't have to do it today yeah. just like anytime yeah. next week you have a free moment if you're interested yeah. yesterday I full of coal did a very rambly monthly update for Ian Publishing going through all of this <laughs> which is on our Twitch and YouTube mm. um, <laughs> occasional pauses for me to have a coughing fit in it um, so mm. if you are interested, mm. you can can have a look, a look on there. But yeah, next year there's okay. going to be loads of stuff coming out. Um, Fantastic! Yes, big year. It, Let's go. Yeah, it is, and it's um, yeah, it's exciting. But anyway, mm. I think that's yeah. all the news I have for yeah. this week. Almost, almost. I'm, I'm feeling a bit paranoid that I might have forgotten a piece of news. Oh this yes, is a good segue. <laughs> uh -huh, that is a good segue. Oh. Yeah, carry on, carry on. You <laughs> run with that. Good. <laughs> So you're aware of a Paranoia, the uh, tabletop role-playing game I currently am. produced by Mongoose Publishing. I know it and okay, love yeah. it. Mm -hmm. um, there is now going to be a Munchkin Paranoia based on the role-playing game. <laughs> so if you like Munchkin, and I think a lot of people do, it's a fun game. I, yeah. I, I think this is the absolute perfect pairing, which is much better than any of the others I've ever heard of. Mm. And it will just go together, like you know, like nobody's business. It this does is, sound fun. It does sound. This fun, is yeah. actually this is actually the game that Munchkin has been looking to be made with. <laughs> I, I gotta say that's that's actually quite impressive. Well, well done, well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, so that's going to be coming out late twenty twenty four. So it's a while off yet. So it's. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess they just started working. Just to but, clarify, it's not the ro it's not a role playing game. It's the Munchkin card game yeah, with yeah. the paranoia. Yeah. Setting. yeah, yeah. No, but but yeah. with the paranoia thing, but yes. like as I say. A game of paranoia and a game of Munchkin are very similar emotional yes. experiences. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, I think we are done with the news, I mm -hmm. believe. Huzzah! Huzzah and indeed hurrah. Take that, you foul fiend! Back into the rock from which you came. By the power of Grayskull! What? Oh, it's, it's my new uh, battle cry. By the power of Grayskull? You can't use that. Well, 
why ever not? Well, for starters, it makes no sense. More importantly, it's taken. Fine, fine, whatever. Oh, oh, look, here comes the next wave of demons. Ah, curse you, you denizens of evil. Feel the kiss of my steel. Cowabunga! Cowabunga? Yeah, what about it? Well, you, you can't use cowabunga. Don't say why not. Well, it lacks gravity. A battle cry should not be frivolous. We don't have time for this. Oh, another legion of demonic horde approaches. We shall not waver. Hawking and Kentry. Excelsior. Oh, come on. If Grayskull and Cowabunga are no good, then Excelsior is right. But, but it expresses my virtuous wrath. <laughs> no, 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 no. Definitely not. Oh, look, we'll discuss this later. Look, here comes the enemy's elite shock badger brigade. Oh, curse you, you Elish vermin. Back, back, I say. To infinity and beyond. Are you having a lot? What? How can I be expected to stand firm against the armies of the abyss with you shouting to infinity and beyond in my left ear? Well, what's wrong with it? Apart from making us a laughing stop, that's what's wrong with it. Huh. We'll tell that to the murderous death squirrels on the ridge. Aha, uh-huh. prepare yourself. By Goran's beard we shall prevail. Arise, arise, riders of Theoden. Spear shall be staken, shield shall be splintered. A sword day, a red day, ere the sun rises. Ride now, ride now, ride, ride to ruin and the world's ending. Death, 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 off, Erlingas. Um... Bit overwrought, don't you think? I thought it was nicely dramatic. Oh, sure, if you have 45 minutes to spare. It's not exactly snappy, is it? Snappy? So it has to have gravitas and be snappy? Exactly. Oh, look at that. We spent so much time discussing our battle cries that the enemy's only gone and surrounded us. <coughs> Indeed. All of the dying necromancer's forces are arrayed. The murderous geese on the hill to our left. Clans of Tartarus emerge from the woods to the right. And behind us, the enemy's personal fire trout battalion. And before us has gathered a host of zombie doll makers. Be brave, my friends. This may be our final stand. We don't have time to worry about our battle cries this time. Indeed. Just bring out the big guns. Give them all you've got. Worry not about their providence or... Gravity. Gravity. Ready, my companions. Here they come. Let loose the dogs of war. Avengers, assemble! It's clobbering time! Freedom! Go for the eyes, boo! I am the law. Thundercats! Oh! Leroy Jenkins! Spoon! Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right, don't forget... Patreon.com slash Morris. Can I go now? So, 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 so.
about like eight years ago, back in 2015 or so, I um, I gathered together a whole load of data on what freelancers were being paid at the time. Mm. And at the time, the methodology of doing that was basically I went to um, various publishers' websites and got their word rates from their sort of writing guidelines and their submission guidelines and that sort of stuff. Stuff that you don't tend to find on sites anymore. But back then, mm. um, it was quite common that you, you go to a publisher's website and there'd be submission guidelines and it would tell you the, the word rates and all this sort of stuff. So I gathered all that together. And this was eight years ago, and the average pay rate was something around three cents a word or something. Yeah. It varied a lot. You know, it went up to like 10 or more, and there was some that are sort of like 0.25% cents a word and stuff like that. But the average rate was about three cents a word. But that was the, the, the methodology of that was literally just going to websites and just, you know, what they self reported, what they said um, their, their, their rates were. But that was eight years ago, so I decided to do it again. Mm. Okay. But I've decided to take. I decided this time to take a different approach. Mm-hmm. A, you can't really get that information from websites generally these days. It seems a lot less common for for publishers to post their their, their rates. And mm-hmm. secondly, I wanted a much bigger data set. Right. So what I did is I went to the freelancers instead of the companies. Yeah. So I put this big survey, and it was basically an anonymous survey. So I don't know who answered what. And mm-hmm. also, I didn't ask anyone to identify the company they were working for. So there's no, yeah. you know, not no, no that going on. It's all anonymous. Got lots and lots of data all about what rates freelancers are currently being paid in the industry. Um, I got 1,120 respondents in total, which is a decent number, I think. Yeah. And I c- compiled all the data, made some graphs, and made an article about it. And I thought we could talk about that and what what um freelancers are currently being paid this is just writers i've done it for artists as well and stuff like that and um, we can do that separately some other time this is just writers at the moment what what we're talking here your graphs are very pretty and aesthetically pleasing just to say in the Thank article because i'm looking on it right now that's very kind that's of my fi- of course <laughs> you know i don't give out compliments if i don't mean them because <laughs> i'll throw insults if i don't agree you know this <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah so you're, you're at one thousand. 120 respondents, all anonymous, but there is a little bit of data about who, who they are in a sense, in, a, in an anonymized kind of way. So okay. I did ask them to say what company size, not who the company was that they were mm-hmm. doing, doing work for, but just the sort of size of company, okay. just so that I could divide that data down a bit. So yeah. I came up with the categories of uh, industry leader, mm-hmm. um, which is basically going to be Wizards or Paizo sort of size. Yeah. Uh, large. Um, which means it's a company that's got offices, lots of staff and departments. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, medium, multiple full-time staff, some well-known brands, you know, possibly some licensed um, mm-hmm. games and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, small, which would be kind of us, yeah. like one or two full-time staff and, you know, obviously freelancers and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then single, which is like the, there's a single staff member or owner yeah. who no. hires freelancers. No. So, okay. so that's the sizes. Okay. So I asked each person to report what size company they'd done the work for. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's pretty incredible. It looks like you got about 100 people from um, What's Your Paizo to put in the survey, which is about the size uh, of Paizo. Yeah, I mean, this is, this, is, uh, uh, this is self-reported. So, yeah, uh, you know. Um, also, bear in mind, not everybody responded with that. So that's based mm. on the actual um, amount of people that responded. Not everybody oh, right. answered every question. I think only about sort of like sixty percent of people reported on their 
uh, company size. Okay. And then I, I also asked them how long they've been in the industry. Yeah. Uh, again, about 50% of respondents gave that information. Mm-hmm. And I broke that down. So um, you can see it, it ranges from like one year up to 25 plus years. Yeah, yeah. So that just gives you a sense of who it was that was answering these questions. Absolutely. Okay. So it looks like okay. for company size, about 15% were from one person, 13% mm. were from a leader, uh, 14 it's large. It's fairly evenly distributed. Yeah, you know. 14 large yeah. and then 32 medium and 24 small. Yeah, yeah. Most of mm. it was small and medium companies. So yeah, yeah. People were like from our size to say up to say, mm-hmm. I don't know what a medium might be, sort of like a Modifus or something or Monty Cook Ooh. Games, that sort of would be a uh, medium, I think. I mean, Modifus is surely a large company. Maybe a large, yeah. yeah. I mean, based, I, I mean based, I, it's how it's how UK people Games Expo alone. Yeah. yeah, it's how people chose to categorise the companies oh, yeah. themselves. So, yeah, um, you know, I, I didn't put any names on there. Okay. So anyway, so that's that's who's answering. So basically, yeah. a, a, quite a spread of company sizes, quite a spread of amount of time in the industry. So the overall big takeaway, and we, you can yeah. you can d- drill down into it a bit more. But the overall big takeaway is that the average, as in the mean uh-huh. rate, currently for writers yeah. is 8.5 cents per word across the entire industry. <laughs> Bear in mind, oh. it was like 3 cents per word in 2015. Yeah. So oh. it's still not a lot, but it's higher than it was. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, the mode, which is the one that's the most common... Mm-hmm. which is it's different to the mean, is actually 10 cents a word. The most common rate mm. was 10 cents a word. Okay. So I think that kind of seems about right to me from my experience, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I think most people say is yeah. the amount that they would be willing to work for these days and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an acceptable rate. Yeah. I mean, there's a big range. Like The highest, there was only one occurrence mm-hmm. of it, was 40 cents a word. Uh, that was for a single creator. So mm-hmm. usually it's probably not the single creator reporting themselves. It's like someone they hired. Yeah. What I did find is that, yeah, when you get down to the single creators, um, they actually have some of the highest rates because mm-hmm. they have no overheads whatsoever and they can say to someone, mm-hmm. no, I'll pay you this amount. Yeah. So it's like the high, the highest rates were the industry leaders and the single single yeah. person companies with the highest yeah. rates. Okay. One, because they've got more money, the other because they've got less overheads. Yeah, 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 basically. Okay, that's good yeah. to know. Yeah. I mean, the lowest was um, under one cent a word. What? Yeah. That yeah. seems like Bad. maybe you shouldn't have taken that job, man. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, I mean, like, it's, how did you get that? It's tricky, though, because so many people want to be in the industry and get something published and get their foot in the door. Mm. Like, we... We have people, I've had people write uh, write to me offering to work for free to do stuff for us. And we, we say no because yeah, we, we don't, don't do that because we think people should get paid for their work. And it creates yeah. an issue of, you know, only rich people mm. get to have their writing out or people that can afford yeah. to mm. do that, you know, rah, rah, rah. So, um, mm. so we don't want to yeah. do that for the obvious reasons. Yeah. But yeah, I, mm. I'm not surprised that there are still people being paid that very token amount. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, 0.25%. Uh, under were well, under a cent a word, so yeah. it's, it's so small, it's small. Uh, but it was it still exists. It's still there. But even like one to one to you know, it's not just the under a cent of word. It's like yeah. the yeah, you know, like under five percent is still pretty damn small. So mm. so if you're being that's... offered that rate and being told it's the industry norm, it is not. So the industry <laughs> norm appears. So there appears to be two industry norms. If you look at the graph mm. there, there's like two peaks. 
When it's at the 10, 10 cents of wood, which is very common, and it's like it sticks out alone there. Mm. That yeah. seems to be a, a commonly um, a common rallying point for. Yeah, yeah. But the other one is like there's a cluster around five and six cents of wood, mm. which seems mm. quite common. Yeah. So they're the two. They're the two most common things: five and six cents of wood, and then ten cents of wood, and then it's kind of you know more evenly spread around those. Yeah. So I break down what company sizes are paying those in a minute. Yeah, that's what so I'm can, interested in as yeah, well. Yeah, there's just such a big jump from five cents to ten cents. Mm. Mm. There's almost like a little mini valley where virtually no one's getting paid nine cents a word. Yeah, it just seems like nine cents yeah. is a weird amount to pay someone, isn't it? It's like yeah. if you need, nine, mm. nine and seven cents. People are like, why would I pay someone that? Five yeah, cents, yeah. zero, six, eight, ten. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, seven or yeah. nine. I mean, if you crazy talk, like, get out of here. Like the peaks, the peaks, it goes up again, up again at fifteen and at twenty and at twenty-five, sort of thing. Mm. So at the, yeah. and at twenty, it goes up the round, at the round numbers. numbers. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm. You know, it seems like you know, thirteen cents a word seems like an odd amount to pay someone, isn't it? You yeah, paid them ten or fifteen, surely. Well, maybe if you started but, at ten and you mm. wanted to do a yearly increase and you just bumped yeah. it up by a cent yeah, a year, mm. that maybe that's how you okay. get there. Yeah. Well, let's break it down a bit by company size, because this is interesting. Yeah, this is what I'm interested yeah, yeah. in. So this is the average per word yeah. um, by, by company size. So starting at leader, large, medium, small, and then single. And if you mm. look at that graph, you can see it goes down, 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 and then up again at single at the mm. end. But not as much. But not as much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although single did have the highest ones in total. It's just like the mm. average is lower. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, but so I noticed that none of this is below five cents a word. And a lot uh, of it's no, the, yeah, no company size is paying on average below five cents a word. No. Yeah. No. So uh, industry leaders, 17 cents a word. Yeah. Is, is what they're paying. That's that's the mean rate. The mode rate was 12%. So most commonly 12%, but the average amount is 17. So there's some higher amounts kind of dragging those up a bit. Mm. So I think if you're going to work for an industry leader, you could, you, that's sort of what you could probably expect to be paid if you're going to work for maybe Wizards or Paizo, maybe. Okay. And then we have large ones. And it goes down a little bit. It goes down to nine cents per word mm. for a large company. For a medium company, eight cents. You can see it's going down. For a small company, which is our size company, mm. um, seven cents a word is the average rate. And then for a single company, it goes back up to nine cents, with the most mm. common being ten cents. The mode being con- ten cents. But obviously, like I said, that was the single the single owner companies are the ones with the biggest spread. So that's the ones where you get some of them are like thirty or forty cents, and some of them are like yeah. one cent. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's valuable to have this sort of information because otherwise you're forced to rely on what you personally know and what you personally have been paid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I think it's good because I think um, freelancers need to be armed with the information hmm. so that they know what. I'm mean, not even necessarily what is a fair rate because um, oh, you know, what to I, expect. I think I, I, think yeah. I still think everybody's underpaid anyway in this industry anyway. So yeah, yeah. You know, but. That is what, or at least what is the norm, being being knowledgeable of what is the norm, is information that you can arm yourself with. I mean, even, like, the industry leaders are not are not paying what not like, they reckon no. should be the standard rates no. for writers and so forth. Hmm. And, like, I have to say, I think there's a lot of research goes into RPG writing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, mm. absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. what I'm looking at this is that if I, if I was uh, a writer, which I'm not... But if I were and I was working with an industry leader company, I'm expecting above 10 cents a word to mm-hmm. for an offer there. And if I'm to yeah. a large to small, somewhere between 5 and 10 cents would be mm-hmm. what I'm mm-hmm. expecting. For a single one, single person, I, so much, I, they, yeah. they're yeah. going to offer me what they want. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Pretty much. Pretty much. I, I, I was interested in how 
time in how your experience affects this. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I so I, I broke that down, and it does seem that the longer you've been writing in the industry, the more money you make. That makes sense. That. Yeah, that, that okay. Well, I wasn't sure whether it would be the case. You yeah, know, that's, you know, it's, yeah. But, I'm glad that is the case. To get the data. But that graph does just steadily increase as the uh, hmm. as the time goes. The average amounts yeah. it goes down a bit after 20, 20 years in the industry. Actually, for some reason, I'm not sure why. Yeah. Mm. Well, it depends on the last time people got paid for it. I don't oh, know. Yeah, maybe. That's, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's quite significant increases as well. So at one yeah. year, you're talking like under five cents a word is the average. Yeah, and then by the time you get to ten years. Yeah, talking about seven cents, mm. and then it doesn't it doesn't break ten cents as the average amount until you get to like eleven years in the industry. Wow, hmm. I was not to say there aren't exceptions. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 and then it peaks at sixteen to twenty years, where you're looking at around twenty cents a word. That doesn't mm. surprise me though, because I guess if you've been around writing for that amount of time, you've got some titles and some names, so people will recognise yeah. you and your work. Yeah. yeah, and you might be the sort of person at that time that people approach you for your work because. I read your book on this. We're doing something that similar style. Would you be interested? And I yeah. think you're probably more likely to get a higher rates if you're somebody that's been approached, opposed to somebody that's just pitching for yeah. stuff early yeah. in your career. Yeah. I'm not sure why mm. it drops off after twenty, but that was an odd little. It's not a lot. It only yeah. drops off a little bit, but it's just it just seems odd. It kind of peaks around twenty years and then drops off. No, I wonder if it, Peter's comment about because of the the amount of time mm. you've been working, the amount of different rates you've had because of that affects your yeah. average. I can't remember how the survey was phrased. I mean, you've got, what, 6% of respondents have spent more than 25 years in the industry? Mm. So it's a small data set, yeah. Mm. Uh, well, it's at 6% of 1120. And so... 50% reported how long they've been in the industry. Yeah, right, right. Okay, so that's, what, about 550 people, 10% would be 55, so about 27 people. Yeah, mm. so with that data set, yeah. it could be, yeah. Yeah someone had a low-paying gig, then that could really change the results. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be, like, people who've been in the industry for a long time are kind of, like, working less or have... Uh, they're older and have sort of stable incomes elsewhere and... Yeah. Uh, are, I don't know. It could be anything. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Could be many. More research needed. Yeah, yeah. But I just thought it was interesting. Mm. Yeah. Um, nearly all of the work in the industry is uh, work for hire. That's not much of a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Um, work for hire, of course, means that you do the work and the publisher owns it, lock, stock, yeah. and barrel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 there is other stuff, though, like uh, licensed uh, stuff. So basically, the publisher is effectively licensing it to you, but you keep the copyright of it. It's a thing that happens, and we do that quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Or rights reversion is when the publisher gets used to work for a certain time and then it returns to you Mm-mm-mm. after a year or five years or whatever. I mean, we do a combination of those two, actually, mm-hmm. with some of our stuff. And mm-hmm. we'll license stuff permanently, but mm. we also have rights for version after a year on a lot of our stuff. Mm-hmm. So that once a year's passed, writers can take that work and mm. do what they want with it. Yeah. We can still continue to use it, but they can right. also do what they want with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Is it like 10 cents a word? Or well, 8.5 cents a word being the mean rate mm-hmm. mm. is lower than I thought it would be, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. What, were your, yeah, what were your thoughts going into this doing? I thought, I thought that was going to be... I thought at this point it was going to be over 10 cents. It's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was going to say that I've seen people saying, well, we've been arguing for 10. It should be at least 12, maybe 15 cents. Um, mm. I'm sat there reading this. I'm thinking, well, 
even with the amazing good luck I've had, zero overheads, I would struggle to pay people 15 cents a word. I managed 20 cents per word on mm. a particularly good Kickstarter, but mm. like 5, 12, 15, I mean, 10, 10, 10 is like a decent rate, I feel. 12 mm. is, would be good, inflationary, but 8, 5, 5 is very low. These still eight. aren't living, living wages. That's though. what I was going to say. It doesn't look like you could Nothing be close, a no. full-time no. RPG writer yeah, of yeah. freelance stuff, even if you were booked, no. busy and blessed. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. would be extremely difficult. And like identifying clients, very tricky. Mm. Uh, getting to work, extremely difficult. Mm. It's, there's a lot of like who you know. Yeah. And if you don't know people, then you won't get hired. Yeah. And yeah. if you do networking know people. Is, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Well, well, it's being known in the network and not having people talk about you. No, um, like the very best people in the field will say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's all word of mouth. And that's not true for. Mm. Most of the people, there's a lot of survivorship bias. Mm. These people are the best industry, and they've also got the most work for hire, but they can stay in the industry because they've had the word of mouth that supports them. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's, not, it's just not going to be the case for people yeah. who are not yeah. at the top of the pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. I do think, you know, when people are getting paid like one cent a word or under, I think at that point that is just wrong. I've, it's yeah, just, it's just I, wrong. I am curious as to the expira- explanation and story behind that. How do you end up getting paid one cent a word? Well, because you don't, because you don't necessarily know better. If, I think. if this is your first writing gig mm. and you've been putting forward this information isn't out there, this information is out there. This is why, we, this is why we're, we're putting this information yeah. out there so mm. that people know that that's not. And if you've been getting rejections and someone says yes, and you're excited that someone said yes, and they're like, "Well, this is what we offer," and you kind right. of don't know, and if they go, "Well, that's just what we pay. That's our norm," you kind mm. of might go, "Oh, okay." Like you, you know what I mean? Like there's a power dynamic there, which I think. I, mm. I, yeah, maybe or possibly someone says, "Look, two hundred, two hundred dollars. Write me some stuff." Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you just throw a load of I stuff think, at the wall. Maybe mm, I don't know. Yeah, I also just, just envelope calculation sort of thing. Mm. So, if you assume five hundred pages or words per page ish, I mean it varies very much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but for this example, something like yeah. the player's handbook would therefore yeah. be about one hundred and fifty thousand words. The D and D player's handbook would be about. Okay. I don't know if it is or not, but at a guess, mm-hmm. five hundred words per Ballpark. page, right. three hundred page book. Right. So if you plug in those numbers, yeah. so you um that at you know not point not one per, per word, mm-hmm. you're basically getting paid fifteen hundred dollars to write the player's handbook. Right. And there, and bear in mind that's one cent per word. There are people paying less than that. Right. I mean, for some people, how long would it take you to write that? I mean, oh my gosh, how long it would take me to write that? A year, two years? I don't know. I mean, quality is its own separate thing as well. Well, yes. Like, uh, there are some people I know of who would write that book within a month, and Mm. I don't know what the quality would be, how much editing it would need. But mm. but even if they did, like, I'm not sure for how many people one thousand five hundred is a livable monthly wage. I guess I yeah. know, and this is me basing it. This is in yeah. this is in US dollars yeah. if you're living in the US, like because I know mm. other parts of the world's yeah. different economies and think you know. But yeah, I'm basing this on this. These are US pay rates, so if you're living in the US, I'm yeah. not sure uh, how many again, people that's part of the US. For. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, no, not not very many. No. Yeah. So, yeah. and I know some people will have circumstances like maybe I don't know. You you live with your partner and. They, you know, make a lot of money so you can do your passion projects. And I'm sure yeah, there's circumstances. Yeah, or maybe not... maybe you have, you know, what's it called? A trust fund. And so you can. But 
I don't think we want the industry just being those sorts people of people who don't yeah. need the money. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, it, it's a problem with a lot of this sort of thing. I think mm. RPGs counselling, that's another one where people are like, what, you only care when you're paid to? Mm. No. But on the other hand, it is labour and should be paid for. But yeah, people yeah, are yeah, very resistant to that concept. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's like all sorts of different things and people are desperate to do it. Yeah. Mm. Um, I was actually having a conversation this morning with a friend who is given free artwork. And it's like, I really want to pay you for this because, you know, mm. I'm going to sell it. And that feels right. And yeah. But it's the sort of thing that gets you into huge, huge arguments with people. I've had, like, yeah, I, I'm like, I, I just want to pay people for doing work from which I will make money. Mm. And they have blown up at me. They have, like, lost their absolute run of themselves. And they've just gone completely berserk and just got really angry at me. I'm like... I don't know what I'll tell you. It's like what the rest of you do, what you do with the rest of your life. I literally do not care. I do not want to judge other people. I know that I myself wish to pay people for work from which I benefit commercially. Yeah. That that's that's my that's just my stance on it. And other people, it's a tough world out there. I I, I honestly cannot judge. I how people live their lives. I, it's not it's not my place to, you know? I do hear online people, like publishers saying, because this conversation comes up, writers say, hey, we're not being paid very much. This sucks. And mm. um, a lot of publishers say, well, but I can't afford to pay anyone more than that. I pay, I would like to pay mm. people more, but I pay them one cent a word because uh, that's what I can afford. Otherwise, this this book doesn't wow. get made. What are, what are your thoughts on that, um, Russ and Peter? As, so that's an ethical yeah. thing. So there's Don't two answers the to that. Yeah, well, there's two answers to that. One is you can't afford to be in business, is, yeah. is, is, is the one answer to it. Yeah. And I do have sympathy for that answer because if you can only afford to be in business by exploiting people... Yeah, and that is one cent worth, that is exploiting and, and, and I get that it sucks that you can't afford more than that. Mm-hmm. I get Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you Absolutely. know, it's not, you know... Um, but that doesn't mean the answer is to turn around and exploit people. I agree. Well, I had this, not in writing, but I had this with running my board game cafe. We wanted to pay our staff a real living wage. And there's a charity in the UK Mm. that works out where you live, what an actual Mm. livable wage is, which is not minimum wage. Mm. So we wanted to pay our staff that. And it's still not, they're not like wealthy people. (laughs) But Mm, I was like, I want my staff to be able to pay their rent, eat and be able to like go to the cinema, do fun things on their days off. That feels like a bare minimum. Mm. And when we looked at our business model, the only way our business model would work after a time is if we did all the awful things they do in hospitality which is we don't pay them for meeting times we don't pay holiday we do the bare minimum of pay and, yeah. da, da, da. and i was like i don't want to run that business though like no. and if that's the only way it can work then the business doesn't exist mm. therefore my business doesn't exist anymore because and that was really hard yeah. but i was like i don't feel yeah. it's fair for the privilege of me saying i have a business and doing a thing that i exploit other people's labor yeah so yeah, yeah. i mean it is a tough one because like the the industry is it's hard to make a lot of money in the RPG industry. Very hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kickstarter helps certainly, but yeah. it, it is hard to make a lot of money in the RPG industry. It's very very hard to you know start a company and. But Russ, we we know how this works. If you want to make a big pile of money in the RPG industry, start with an enormous pile of money. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I do, I, I do, I definitely do sympathise. You know, I get like not being able to afford the art not being able to afford the writers and all this sort of stuff i do get it i really do and you know there's stuff i really want our company to do which we can't afford to do yeah this mm-hmm. is our our business manager meetings where uh, it's like we could do know, this cool idea we have we have yeah. had people come to us and say we'll do it for free for you and we're like you know mm-hmm. 
we, we can't do that. But also, we can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it's um, it's it's, it's, it's tricky, and I do sympathise with it. But I do also think the answer isn't to turn around and exploit people. Yeah. So I don't know what the answer is. I mean. Wait, wait, you're not going to solve all the issues in the RPG oh, industry yeah, but, in yeah. this podcast episode? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. I thought that's what I, we were I, doing. I think, the best, I think the best thing we can do is make sure that freelancers are as informed as we can mm-hmm. make it so that they're armed with the knowledge they need. Mm-hmm. In the long run, we can't tell people what to do. No. But we can give them the information to make informed decisions. And I think that's mm-hmm. the best we can do here. Okay. Yeah. Um, as I recall, you also had like a section on artists. I yeah, I haven't compiled that data yet. No, okay. so I'll, we'll do so that. That's something separately. to look forward to. Yes, yeah, that yeah, would yeah, be yeah. another episode. Yeah, we'll do that one separately. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one's a bit more complicated to do the data with because I yeah. it was a different sizes of art and different yeah. types of and yeah, yeah. it's going to be yeah. going to require some some work. But still, anyway, yeah. but this, this this is just writers here. So yeah, I mean. I, I broke it down by mm. the different sized companies, mm-hmm. so yeah. the, so that you could sort of look at a company, work out what sort of size it is, and then you can work out what you could probably expect to be paid from them. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's what you should be paid for them, but this is what you can expect to be paid from them, mm-hmm. and how it's supposed to, how it would be. So for an industry leader, obviously yeah. you can expect the you know probably around seventeen cents as the average, maybe a bit more, maybe a bit less, but average. Um, and I noticed that 20% got paid under 10 cents. Now, I was kind of curious about that hmm. because industry leader, that's a very small number of companies. Yes. So that implies that to me that different people are being paid different amounts. It's not a set rate for writers yeah. at those companies. It'll be down to negotiations. Mm, yeah. Did you, t- you didn't take any um, demographic information? No. I assume. No, so, other than time in the industry, no. No, I didn't. Do women, trans people... Yeah, no, I didn't take any of that information. Because I wanted people. it to be completely anonymous, but I suppose, yeah, yeah, that would have been useful in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't expecting I'd be diving into it in this much granular detail at the time, so... No, no, no. I, I was really just after a single mean average rate for the industry, and that was yeah. basically what I was looking for. But, yeah, um, it's benchmarking. It, it's certainly useful, um, mm. Uh, but yeah, um, so I guess our takeaways are like five cents a word feels like pretty much the rock bottom of what you should be paying. And if you're, and there's nothing about editing or proofreading. Editing or... I've got a separate thing for as well. Right, right. Okay. I, it I... ended up being a much, much smaller data set, that one though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm a lot not of people... sure, 100% sure how useful that will be, but I'll, I'll, I'll compile it. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, we don't need any editors. Mm. I'm like. You certainly believe that. Yeah. <laughs> that is very important. Yes, ed- yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's that's probably probably the aspect I enjoy most, just being able to help make things shine and make them beautiful. Yeah. I, I I probably enjoy that the most of any part of any job, really. It's the art and layout I love when that comes in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the whole presentation. Yeah. I'm really become very much more interested in layout that's really cool mm. but yeah like for things like um making a uh making something really nice mm. uh like but i'm thinking more of like the written word editing mm. and like making rules which is really satisfying that yeah. i don't know mm. I'm, I'm just passionate about that i mm. like it when you get the physical samples from the printers because then it's a real mm. thing mm. And i don't know if that's yeah. because my part of the mm. process for publishing is when I right. have the thing in my hands, I can then get it to people and do my part of the process. Mm. 
Whereas, yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of which, uh, for listeners in the UK, I'm sure you've all checked your email and have seen that To Save a Kingdom is uh, starting to come out. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's already been going. So, it's, yeah, the UK um, warehouse has been sending out books. So, yeah, yeah in waves. So different. Cause I've been for of ages. But yeah, that's because you had... Uh, approved copy, Russ. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 this is copies. Yeah, this you uh, had the uh, early copy before mass fulfillment went out, so yeah, yeah I'm I, my my policy of using the journey rules to drag out my adventures is uh starting to pay off and I might be able to get my hands on book uh, before it's uh, due to uh start yeah. proper. Yes, yeah, so yeah. it's starting to go out now and in the US we are just waiting for customs to release the pallet that they've had sat there for two weeks. And nothing mm. is cool. wrong. No paperwork is needed, they're just Taking their time. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. even know why, because I emailed the other day. I was like, is that wrong something that you need? And they're support? like, no. I was like, okay, great. Do you have an estimation on when we can have them? And they're like, no. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, Computer says no. <laughs> so I'm just going to wait. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, you go right ahead and do that. But I, because yeah. I am a pessimist, I, I always schedule in about two to three weeks of sat in customs time for all of our projects going mm. to the US because... Sage. Because, yes, because that's how it works. So, um, yeah. anyway, mm. I think that's it. But thank mm. you. I think that's really useful having that mm. industry data. We should do mm. that again in another couple of years, actually, I think. Mm. Well, there's another couple of little bits um, just mm. on pay schedules. When you get paid. Oh, I'm interested in that as well. Because I think that's an important thing. And I definitely yeah. think that uh, freelancers should be aware of this. Yes. Yes. So, because generally speaking, it looks like about 50 to 60% of people overall, and this is pretty much standard across all of the different sized companies. So, this isn't very much yeah. at all. Um, yeah. Pretty much got paid within a month for mm. work, generally yeah. speaking. Okay. Immediate payment. As in a payment upon acceptance, as soon as you submit it, you get it, you get it paid as, as opposed to within a month. Um, that didn't start happening until the companies got quite a bit smaller. So medium, yeah. small and single size, single person companies. That makes sense. Would, would pay immediately. The larger companies, not. Mm-hmm. Probably because they have to go through payrolls and Yeah. Well, stuff. well we have a, yeah. a payroll day. Yeah. There's a day of the month where we pay everybody. So Yeah, we do it on the 15th of the month. Yeah, yeah so yeah, if, yeah. if you submit it on yeah. the 16th or 17th, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, um, there's a only in smaller companies, uh, medium and smaller. There's the dreaded on publication thing. Oh, so getting paid on publication. Now, I uh, my my advice to that is uh, you, what what does on publication mean? Though, so you because, don't get paid until the the product is published. Yeah, yeah, but like that could mean well, we've received the the funds have cleared from Kickstarter. So we're going to deliver it now. I mean, technically, when you do a Kickstarter, you pay before you have received the funds from Kickstarter. Mm. Like you send out the books. So that would be your publication date, in my point of view, like the uh, PDFs going out. Yeah, yeah, that'd be publication date. Yeah, yeah. But um, But you you have not yet been paid by Kickstarter at that point. I mean, you're probably... No, but we we, we pay when the work comes in. We don't pay when the publication. We never have done. If you're a smaller publisher, like you might need to wait for the money to come okay, in. Okay, but the problem with payment yeah. on publication is it is very, very open to abuse. You could do a lot oh, of work for a publisher, yeah, but yeah. they don't publish it. Yeah, exactly. You've you've spent hours, days, weeks of your life hmm. 
doing lots and lots of work for a publisher and you don't get paid for well, it. So it can it yeah, just yeah. take years that, for something that, to be published. Or if it's delayed for two years for some reason to be published, you have to yeah. wait two years to be paid. Not not arguing with that, uh, but I am pointing out that you got on publication and someone could fill that in quite honestly as saying, mm. yeah, it got paid when it got published, but that could also be simultaneous with um, like the length of a Kickstarter campaign and people well, paying. Well, uh, on uh, Kickstarter completion was another option. Ah. In which case, um, I, I apologise, I'll withdraw my question. That was a I very that, small number, almost statistically no. insignificant of that. was. No worries. But, but yeah. again, yeah. for that... Oh, in which case, yeah, on publication is uh, too far, too much of a movable feast. Mm. I could I could see there being an argument for paying when you get the funds mm. from your customers. It's like, okay, cash flow is definitely a thing. I could yeah, see that. I, thought, I was surprised how little that happened. But, yeah, yeah. I thought that would be more common, but mm. that was very, very tiny yeah, amount. But, but, yeah. yeah, the issue for that for me is what if... The Kickstarter doesn't fund. Yeah, so like, and you've done and you've done the work because we because we as a business we 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 kind of take that risk. Yeah. We pay the writers and have it kind of ready so we can do immediate. It depends on the Kickstarter model. So some yeah. people get the funds for the Kickstarter and then they commission the work. Yeah, then you wouldn't yeah. kind of sort of how Kickstarter sort of supposed yeah, to work yeah, anyway. Yeah, 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 sort of. But and that's fair. That's fair yeah. enough. You know, um, it's when yeah. you, if you, if you're getting the work done before the Kickstarter, yeah. and then if you then make payment for the work contingent upon the Kickstarter. That's, a, That's a risk, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things that, like, I mean, it's talking about what I do for homebrew and hacking, which is I essentially have different pay scales depending upon mm. how well it does. Like, I've got the minimum viable product, which is the very, very barest minimum, which is something I've learned from this podcast and from talking to you, which is like, this is just the bare bones book, like, pretty much nothing is in it, mm-hmm. but it's still a book and it will still meet the specification that I have set out. Mm-hmm. And that's why my first few goals are like crowdfunder, like pay raise goals, mm. because it's like getting that rate up to increased minimums. So what that um, is essentially uh, is royalties, isn't it? It's kind of. Not um, technically. The more you yeah. make, the more you pay. Yeah. It's not yeah. technically royalties, but it's kind of along yeah. those lines. Isn't yeah. It? I, I mean, it just seemed like the fairest model because mm. otherwise it's like, if I like, because often, I have no idea whether people want the stuff or not. I think it's pretty good. Otherwise, I wouldn't spend any time on it. I think it's good. Uh, but sometimes, weirdly, people don't agree with me. Oh, like, mm. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> they'll, they'll see the error of their ways eventually. Or not. Mm. It's not my problem. Well, it is my problem, except I have to pay people for it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I have to do it that way. Because mm. otherwise... It, and there's just so much of the psychology of the Kickstarter. Like, if you have... If, if I could just set a goal of, I don't know, 20k for a book or whatever, mm. then I would. But I know that I should never do that with my current audience size because it's too much money. Mm. And mm. if you set it for like, I don't know, 6k, which is real bare bones stuff, then that's much more likely to fund. Mm. That's much more likely to see like other kicks up. And you're likely to make more money than if you had it at a like a realistic sort of funding rate yeah. it's it's absolutely wild mm-hmm. um but such is life yeah. oh sorry mm. blabbering at you about my mm. business or <laughs> don't know if anyone's interested but there you go so that is a thing to do but you just have to like do get a spreadsheet and do the sums and make sure you can work it out properly in advance because otherwise it's a pain mm-hmm. um and certainly some of the ones i've done i've not i've been paid the same i have done a lot more work for the writing like i've done the writing and I've had to do editing, I've had to do structural development, 
and the promotion and the publishing and the distribution and like sorting out the Kickstarter. And it's me. It's it's been mm. on me as a publisher to do all that. So yeah, you know, it's it's been intriguing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I think we're done then, aren't we? Eight point six cents a word, average amount. Eight point five cents a word. Sorry, average amount. Yeah. Excellent, good to know. Good to know. But the most common amount is ten cents a word. There you yeah. go. That's a takeaway. I look there. forward to seeing the one about artists in the future as well. We'll have that in an episode yeah, yeah, later. And editors, yeah, that'll be that'll be exciting. Alrighty, alrighty, we're done. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. It's such a good voice. No, thank you. (laughs) It sounds like you're using a voice changer. It's called acting, Russell. I was in <laughs> the National Youth Theatre, and this is what that... Yeah. Not anyone's in that. You have to be invited, you know. I am appropriately impressed, to the appropriate degree. Good. Whatever degree that may be. <laughs> <laughs>